this is Sleepist. <laughs> Sleep. It's Sleepist. Episode zero. I am your host, Vlad, and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh. What's up, sleepy people? And we're here to explore all the realms and all of the possibilities of sleep and what happens when you don't get enough of it. This is episode zero. I am much sicker than I'd like to be making a first impression. And I'm much more awake than I normally am. Josh, so why are you here? Wait, why are we here? Oh, yeah, we're doing a sleep podcast. I woke up (laughs) this morning to a text message that I'm 10 minutes away. (laughs) Grab your equipment. I texted you yesterday <laughs> to tell you what time do you want me to come. And then in the morning, I read the text. It said, I'll wake you up at 7, be there at 7.39. Yes, I meant 7.30. The 9 was the <laughs> I, I thought that was like, because you have your morning so meticulously planned out that you knew that it took you exactly 39 minutes to be capable of walking downstairs. What do you think? I'm Tim Ferriss Jr.? I mean, you think you're Tim Ferriss Jr. I'd like to be his, his son. <laughs> But that would be weird because he's not that much older than me. Also, I love my dad. <laughs> Anyhow, all right, let's talk about why we're doing this podcast. So, so what is the sleepest to you, Josh? The sleepest to me is just an exploration or a journey to get better sleep. I've grown up uh, my whole life never really sleeping great. I'd say I probably slept on average five hours a night. I don't think I've ever slept more than four hours straight. I never really thought it was a problem until I started to get older and definitely started to feel the cognitive impact of it. Uh, You know, I often find myself forgetting the names of people I worked with for five years uh, (laughs) and feeling very embarrassed that I don't want to ask them their name. So, you know, I've really tried to make an effort, especially now that I have a... uh, I have a three-year-old son now, uh, and I have a family, so I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit healthier and a little bit more aware uh, on a day-to-day, so I'm, so I'm taking sleep a little bit more seriously, and this is about my journey to get better sleep and then how I can share that with the rest of the world, because I'm sure there are many people out there who also would like to get better sleep, and so I'm hoping that my journey can help them. My short story is I was stuck as a mailroom worker and I realized that I needed to make some pretty big changes in my life. I was skinny fat, I was depressed, and I was struggling with day-to-day life and I realized that if I didn't start making moves towards a healthier lifestyle, I probably wouldn't be here for very long. So that's where I started my journey, started with the gym, moved into nutrition, and then finally for the last couple of years it's been focused exclusively on sleep because without good sleep you don't have a good quality of life. That's where I am trying to improve my sleep, trying to get reap all of the cognitive benefits and physical benefits that come with better sleep and that's how the sleepist was born. So Vlad, let me ask you since you've already started your journey on better sleep and and you've reached a point where you are getting regular sleep, how has it changed your life? It's like being a recovering alcoholic. I think you're never fully recovered, and it's always a full-time work in progress of trying to consistently have better and good sleep. The biggest piece of it is, for me is probably discipline, the discipline of going to sleep at a consistent time and the discipline of waking up at a consistent time, and then just managing the stress of day-to-day life because I know that has a, a direct impact on sleep, especially when you live in a city and you're working a, a lot of hours at work and then you have a side project like Sleepist going on, it's a lot to, to manage and juggle and still try to maintain decent relationships. And I think that's why I started the Sleepist, so that I can just uh, have a venue where I can both hang out with friends and do work, <laughs> slash get free work from friends. And, and so h- how has benefited you now? Do you feel different? Do you um, feel sharper, more energized? 
my background also is because I had such a disrupted gut biome because I had a lot of other um, inflammatory issues in my body, I started to develop all of these autoimmune conditions. And I know that when I'm sleeping well, it's making it's helping me to eat better. And when I'm eating and sleeping well, it's really a cocktail for for success in my own life. And I'm able to I'm able to perform better. And I'm able to live a happier life. I think the biggest most telling thing is, is whether or not you get into these long depressive funks. And when I'm sleeping well, working out and eating well, that balance, you really don't feel that anymore. So I think for me, just from a uh, being present and, and loving every day of life, that's the critical uh, benefit of, of living a healthier, more balanced lifestyle that again, starts with sleep. So what is the strangest thing you've tried to help you sleep? Mouth tape. Um, I didn't want to jump straight. I didn't want to jump straight into this, but for a long time, one of my issues with, with sleep and for a lot of people, the secret dormant issue that they don't realize that's really affecting their sleep is that they have a sleep breathing issue, usually a sleep breathing disorder. And just from my experience, the, the thing that made the biggest difference, especially in my deep sleep when I do track it through various trackers, is not breathing through my mouth. Breathing through the nose is how we evolved. Your body is absorbing oxygen better. Your, your system is oxygenating better when you're breathing through your nose. And unfortunately, because of my anatomy, probably a lack of uh, healthy nutrients as a child, I, I have a, a fairly small airway in my nose and in my mouth. So I tend to be a mouth breather and it's, it's taken a lot of work to retrain that. But at night, it still just happens. So I tape my mouth shut and it forces me to breathe through my nose in my sleep. What um, kind of tape do you use? I, I'll, I'll, I'll put that as a link in the show notes. It's actually just a cheap like $2 roll of tape that I found Duck on tape. Amazon. It is not duct tape. <clears throat> it is a white surgical tape. And it doesn't leave any residue. It took me a lot of tapes to get to this tape. Because the hard part about taping your mouth shut is not having it on. It's taking it off in the morning. And how does your girlfriend feel about it? Does she wish that you would just leave the tape on during the day? <laughs> she wishes it would reverse, yeah. It's funny because for the first six months of me doing it, I didn't tell her. So I would always make sure to go to sleep after her and wake up before her. And I, my biggest fear was that she would wake up in the middle of the night, look at me, and, you and, thought, see, and see my mouth taped shut. This and will be the end of our relationship. So for six months straight, I was sure that my relationship could end any night. And there's no explaining that you can do. And so she first discovered it by accident or because you told her? I told her in, I think, I think... We, we, she must have done something that upset me, and I'm like, you know what? I'll forgive you because I have right. an admission as well. And so I told you came her, out of the medicine cabinet. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a funny conversation because when I broke the news about the mouth tape, she thought I was like breaking up with her. And <laughs> way, wait, so you said, honey, can, can you sit down for a moment? It There's was something basically I that. To tell you. And then I pulled out the roll of tape. And I and proceeded to explain to her. <laughs> but she took it well. She is an angel, so uh, I appreciate that. And she's since gotten used to it. She doesn't really see it very often because I am usually up I before mean, her, so it's not an issue. To know you is to know a person that would do that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that's the exciting thing about this project is for both Josh and I, we're really recording our sleep journey. I tend to do the pretty crazy and extreme things. There's nothing that I won't try. I'll poke, I'll prod myself. I, I mean, if I think that it'll help with sleep, then I'm willing to do it. And um, now you have an alibi for doing crazy things. Exactly. Say, I'm just doing it for the podcast. 
Exactly. This is my job now. And <laughs> it's the same thing, I think, with Josh. I think you're, at this point, very hopeful that you'll find a solution, and there's a lot of stuff that you're willing to try to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I've grown up with uh, ADD. I wasn't diagnosed till, till my adult life, but, you know, with a, ADD comes a lot of symptoms that are also similar to symptoms of people that don't sleep enough. And so I've started to question, you know, how much of my symptoms are related to ADD and how much of my symptoms could be related to lack of sleep. So, you know, I, I don't love taking the medication route. So, you know, I'm definitely looking for other natural ways to, to improve uh, my executive function, to, to sharpen my thinking, to give me more energy. So that that's really where the genesis of my sleep journey has begun. I'm not quite as extreme as, as Vlad. I don't think that I will be sleeping with tape on my mouth. I don't think that I could sleep with tape on my mouth. It took, it took some getting used to. <laughs> I also have similar breathing problems uh, when I sleep. I do have sleep apnea. I have, uh, did do a sleep study, which, by the way, sleep was very, very strange experience. You go to... For those of you who haven't had a sleep study, I'll explain it a little bit. I've got, you know, you go to what's like a doctor's office, but they have bedrooms, and, and you go to sleep in a bedroom, and they attach you, they attach all these devices to you. So you have uh, EKGs, EEGs, uh, ECGs, all those E's and G's <laughs> um, attached to you. You got uh, something attached to your thumb for measuring oxygen levels pulse and your, pul your pulse. As you'll learn, Vlad is the... Uh, nerd. Well, I mean, I think we're both nerds, but you <laughs> have all the lingo. I got beaten up more in high school than you did. <laughs> That's probably true. So you were doing your sleep study, and it was a strange experience. Yeah, so it was very strange because, one, I didn't think... I thought, there's no way I'm going to sleep with all this shit attached to me. For First off, I sleep on my stomach. And when you have all this stuff attached to you, you have to sleep on your on your back. And you can't really move around because you ha you're wired to all these different devices i'm basically just laying on the bed like a mummy and i can't move i was convinced that i was awake the whole time however there were moments and where i was in a dreamlike state so it felt like there were these doctors coming in and probing me and talking over me but i couldn't move and and they were just studying me sort of like when you're abducted by aliens and then also i remember the device on my thumb i felt like kept electrocuting me so i kept pulling it off and I couldn't tell like what was real and what wasn't real. For for all I knew, I felt like I was just laying there awake the whole time. But then when I when I got up in the morning and saw the results of the study, according to them, I actually slept almost six hours, but it was interrupted like a hundred and some odd times. So I, which meant that I woke up at least for thirty seconds or so, a hundred and something times through the night. They Do you remember I, how many events you had per hour? Oh, it was tons. I don't remember. It was a lot. I don't. I don't remember the exact numbers. This was a while ago, but I remember thinking like, "Holy shit, that's a lot of, of disturbances." They said I had mild obstructive sleep apnea. They said, you know, my tonsils are a little big, and I have a deviated septum, and you know, those are things that could potentially benefit. Probably wouldn't do much. To, to change uh, the sleep apnea, I went to see a uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor to talk about the possibility of having tonsils removed and having my deviated septum, septum operated on. And he basically told me, he said, we could do the deviate, I'll do the deviated septum. That might help a little. I don't think it's going to help much, but there's not, not a lot of risk to doing that surgery. He said, 
he recommended against the tonsillectomy mm-hmm. because he said, at, you know, when you're an adult to have a, a tonsillectomy, age. it's it's really really painful and and he doubts that it will really have much impact. So he didn't think it was worth worth it. Which I'm glad that I had a doctor that was was honest about it. Um, so I didn't get the surgery, uh, and then I kind of just felt, stopped thinking about it. This was years ago. I stopped thinking about it for a while because I was still young and still prob- able to kind of function without without the sleep. Um, so it didn't have as much impact on me. And then in the last few years, I've just become a lot more for- forgetful, and I've had much more struggle with getting myself organized, and and so I've taken a lot more seriously again. And now I'm looking into like taking a at home study, but I'm excited to do these interviews. You know, once you, you know, one of our first guests, they, they talk about a really cool possibility for helping with with sleep apnea, which you'll get to hear in, in one of our first episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really excited to take this journey. I've heard stories already of of other people who have had fixed their sleep and how life changing it was for them. So I'm hoping hoping to be able to experience the same and hopefully bring some of our audience uh, along that on that journey. Yeah, what's amazing about the sleep world, and I'm somebody who's been researching it for a long time, is just how many people we have that are geniuses in this realm, but they don't have a voice in the mainstream, and I think they should. And you're referring to Dr. Um, Dave Singh, who is a triple PhD in sleep and sleep dentistry. You have Doctor. You have uh, Jeremy Andre, who will be our first interview guest, and he is an absolute genius in everything sleep, and just the nicest guy in the world. So the the pledge here is to try to find the highest quality researchers, clinicians, and doctors, and speak to these people, and then really bring that sleep sleep narrative to life, and help give people actionable tips on what they can really do in their own lives. Yeah, I think one of the things that you'll be able to you'll learn, and definitely something that I'm already learning. Uh, just starting this journey is that you know there are lots of basic simple steps you can take to to greatly improve your life because most of us haven't addressed the basic basics yet so like you know we like to go on all these special diets and and do all these extreme uh, things to try and improve our lives or or do self-improvement when when there are the most basic thing there are the really simple things that you'll be able to do to to improve like 80% of the audience can is not do are not doing these things now and 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 they'll be able to change change your life drastically without any extreme measures yep and for to my mind one of the first examples I can think of right now is breathing if you like we said if you're not breathing well you're not sleeping well your body can't choose between sleeping and breathing so it has to do one or the other and if it has to choose it's going to breathe and wake you up and that's really what obstructive sleep apnea is but for a lot of people it's not as severe as sleep apnea they might just have an allergy issue and the simplest step they could take is just to frequently vacuum their bedroom vacuum the bedroom get rid of the dust get rid of the dust mites and already you have better breathing, better uh, better quality of sleep, which will lead to a better quality of life. It's a super simple thing to do. Or something like an air filter in your bedroom, a, a basic HEPA filter can make all the difference. Or even a pillow cover or a, a mattress cover, that uh, one of the zipper ones that, that allows you to keep the allergens out, specifically the dust mites, and it just gives you a better quality of life on a $30 investment. Yeah, and I, one of the things that I've already implemented that has already had a impact on me is it's just keeping to a uh, basic sleep routine so so 
trying to go to sleep at about the same time every night uh, and waking up at the same time every morning and that that means on the weekend as well waking up early um, I used to be a night owl and and I would stay up late hours and then you know I would try to get all of my sleep in on the weekend and I would go to work and then go out during the week and, and so I might sleep a couple hours during the, a day during the week and then sleep sleep longer on the weekends but that that's not really an effective strategy so it's it's really about trying to set a regular time that you go to sleep and, and wake up and just that single act alone helps to train your body to, your circadian to know rhythm, what yeah. time it's supposed to go to sleep beautiful so this is an exciting journey we look forward to you coming along with us we want to hear from you please visit us at sleep.ist that's the sleepest sleep.ist i am your host vlad and i'm joined by josh and what is our outro josh get some sleep get some sleep